So this morning I'm sharing what I've entitled, Oh, the Faithfulness of God. And the title is in itself an exclamation. Oh, the faithfulness of God. And uh, speaking on the faithfulness of God, it is something that I love to share on. It is something that um, the Lord has uh, dealt with in my own life in terms of discovering more and more of his faithfulness. And so it's a joy to share on this. So please turn so long to Psalm 36, and we'll get there in a few moments' time. If you've just joined us, good morning and welcome. Choose Life Church is celebrating our 16th birthday today. And so there is a celebration in our hearts. And I felt the need to emphasize God's faithfulness today. In a sense, I, I wanna sing of his faithfulness and I wanna shout of his faithfulness and perhaps if I could even use the word boast, I wanna boast in his faithfulness and we wanna celebrate that he is truly a faithful God. You see, Choose Life Church has so much to be grateful for and uh, I can tell you that the Lord has done, listen to this, so many amazing things over these 16 years. And we wanna declare loud and clear that on this day, as we honor and celebrate the Lord, we declare that all the glory belongs to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen, hallelujah. All the glory belongs to the Lord. So Psalm 36, and we're gonna read from verse five to 10, and then I'm gonna share four points with you. I'm reading from the New King James Version. The psalmist is David, and here he says, O Lord, your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. And here it comes. Your, and what's that next word? Your faithfulness reaches to the cloud. Say that with me. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a great deep, O Lord. You preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men have put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. I wanna tell you, uh, nothing can satisfy like God can satisfy with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. Verse nine, for with you is the fountain of life. You gotta hear that. So many people in this world are looking for the fountain of life in all the wrong places. It cannot be found except in Jesus Christ. And it says clearly, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light because it's only God that has light. Verse 10, oh, continue your loving kindness to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright in heart. Say this after me, your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Now let's say that together. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Four things I wanna share with you. Number one, God's faithfulness is truly astonishing. 
And I want to hear, I want you to hear that with a sense of like enthusiasm, that God's faithfulness is truly astonishing. And that is not overstating things. I love verse five of our text that says, your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Now, in terms of this, clouds are among the highest objects in our world. You say, but we see stars and so on. Stars are outside of our world. They're in the universe. And so clouds are some of the highest things. Clouds tower above us, and they are reaching into the very heavens. And so David, who is the writer of this psalm, he is trying to get across to the people that will later on read this psalm, he is trying to get across just how big God's faithfulness is. And I believe that David was writing this out of a place of the experiential knowledge of the faithfulness of God. He wasn't writing about some you know, mental ascent that he's trying to sort of uh, get a feeling for in his heart. No, I believe that David had seen God's faithfulness time and time and time again in his life. And so then he's putting pen to paper or, I don't know, feather and ink to papyrus or whatever he was. Some people said, well, they wrote on tablets in those days. Way back then they had tablets, you know, version one. But anyhow, so here he is. And he's got this personal revelation of the faithfulness of God. And now he's trying to tell people because it's so impacted his life. And how does he do this? Well, he, he kind of looks and he thinks, well, those clouds, that's the highest thing that I can see as I'm writing right now. And so I'm gonna describe God's faithfulness like that. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Do you know this, that God wants every one of his children to have a revelation of his faithfulness? Come on, you're too quiet this morning. God wants every one of his children to have a revelation of his faithfulness. And you might have only been serving God for two or three months now, I don't know, and perhaps you haven't yet come into that revelation. But I believe for every child of God that has been serving God at least for a while now, you come to discover that God is faithful. And that's, when, that's why when you read things like the psalmist is writing, you say, yeah, I get it, I totally get it, I believe it. But I wanna ask you this question. Do you believe that God's faithfulness is big? David believed it. That's why he described it in such a dramatic way, such an astonishing way. Do you believe that God's faithfulness is big? Do you believe it? You need to believe that his faithfulness is big. You know what, at the age of 23, my world was rocked. My father, who was only 57 years of age, he passed away in a moment. He had heart failure. He collapsed and died on the grounds of the Union buildings just before a massive Christian march was about to take place. And he had led this church for 34 years. And now all of a sudden, this church was left dazed because God had used my dad remarkably in leading uh, of that church. And the church was dazed and our family was left in a precarious position. But I wanna tell you, even though that we were in that situation and there was so much politics and nonsense going on, I wanna tell you this, that God carried us as his, as his children. He carried us faithfully. And I can say for Mandri and I and for our family that God carried us during that time. And it was during that time, I can remember saying these words, I know that God is faithful. 
you cannot tell me he's not faithful because in that time I saw it and it became a testimony in my life and from that moment onwards, I had a revelation that God is faithful. Can I get an amen? God is faithful. The definition of faithfulness is being reliable, steadfast, and unwavering. And I believe that in some sense that we've only grasped a small percentage of God's faithfulness. The vast wonder of how faithful he really is, is yet to be grasped, is yet to be understood. Listen to the statement. He is far more faithful than we think he is. That's something that you can share on social media. God is far more faithful than we think he is. Sometimes I feel like, yes, we have a revelation of his faithfulness, but even that, we've just scratched the surface. There is so much more of God that we will come to understand as we continue to walk with God. And one day when we are in heaven and we see him face to face, to face, and our faith becomes sight, we will suddenly have all the greater understanding of the characteristics of God, including his faithfulness. Listen to this. When God says he will do something, he does it. When he says something will happen, it happens. This is true of the past, present, and future. Faithfulness, listen to this, is one of God's inherent characteristics. God does not have to work at being faithful. He is faithful. <laughs> For you and I, we have to work at being faithful. We have to grow and develop. And we have to say, Holy Spirit, thank you that one of the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. And thank you that as you work in and through my life, you help me to grow in this area. God doesn't have to work on it. He is faithful. And you know what? This church has a testimony of God's tremendous faithfulness in our lives. And on this day of our 16th birthday celebration, I wanna go back and just say to you that in September 2005, things were very different to the way they are right now. And on that Sunday, the first one, 4th of September, here we are, we're gathering together. We don't know what to expect. We're in a rented cinema. We don't have any property of our own. And we had to go and clean the popcorn before, early in the morning. And we had a great team. And I still want to compliment Rodney and Tony. And uh, I think of David and Jane Matenshi and Mari and, and several others. And we had a team of about 10 people. And they would come in there super early. And they would clean up the popcorn and make the place neat. Because from the 10 o'clock movie on the Saturday night, there was no cleaning. And so we had to clean and put up our lights and set up our tables and our urns and get coffee going and get kids' church all ready for the day. And so there we were. We, we were not knowing would the church be successful. We were also, do you know, facing criticism at that time. Some people had uh, blatantly spoken against us. They, should say, they said, you're doing the wrong thing. You mustn't plant the church, etc." And there we were also trusting God for 60,000 rand so that we could buy one or two basic pieces of equipment. And I wanna say to you, God provided for us and we have a testimony of God's faithfulness. And by the way, that keyboard is still going 16 years later. How about that? <laughs> but thank God for MIDI to trigger all sorts of new sounds and this kind of thing. But it's amazing. I tell you what, if you buy something that's quality, it's gonna last. 
So 16 years ago, that was our reality, but God came through, he provided, he made a way when there seemed to be no way. And now I think of all these years later, the incredible blessing and favor that God has bestowed on Choose Life, the amazing facilities. And in addition to our church property, by the grace of God, God has enabled us to buy nine properties around our church for future growth and expansion. And the ninth property was registered last week in our name. Can we thank the Lord for that? You might say, well, what about all these properties when the church is in shutdown? And I wanna say to you, you have to look beyond the challenges that you're in right now. You have to look to the future that God has in store. The future is one to bless us and give us a hope and a future. Don't think now that God's, that God's plan and destiny suddenly falls apart because there's a virus going around the world. I wanna tell you, God gives visions. He births visions and he will bring it about in his good time. This might be a setback of sorts, but I like what Joel Osteen says, God can turn a setback into a comeback and God can give you victory in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so I can just say that the Lord has blessed this church and we have many thousands of members. We've got 33 staff. We are broadcasting on two continents. There's beautiful ministries that God has raised up. Choose Life has become a lighthouse in the city. People are often saved and baptized and restored here. And I wanna say that there are many people that have been delivered in this place from demonic spirits that have been cast out and I believe that the kingdom of God is coming. And so I say, well, what a faithful God have I. What a faithful God we serve in Jesus' name. And this is what it says about God's faithfulness in Lamentations 3, verse 22. It says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Verse 23 they are new every morning. And here's this beautiful line. Great is your faithfulness. Please say that with me. Great is your faithfulness. Do you see even the Bible writer in Lamentations, he understood that God's faithfulness is great. We need to have this understanding that it is great, that it is truly astonishing. And that great is your faithfulness reminds me of a hymn. And the hymn, Great Is Thy Faithfulness, is perhaps still one of the most remarkable hymns of all times. And the well-known verse says the following. It says, great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Interesting. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Why? Because the definition of faithfulness is being reliable, steadfast, and unwavering. So thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And there's that interesting line in that verse which says, shadow of turning. Do you know that that expression, shadow of turning, is found in the book of James chapter one. And it refers to the shadow that keeps shifting. And the Bible actually uh, hints at, when you read different commentaries and so on, that the picture here is the picture of a sundial. And with a sundial, as the sun moves in relation to the earth, the shadow shifts and moves. But with God, there's none of that shifting and moving. <laughs> 
With God, there is none of those shifting and changing because he is consistently faithful. And I think it's so wonderful that in a world which is shifting and changing right now, a world with tremendous uncertainty, we have a God with no shadow of turning. He's not shifting, he's not changing, he's consistently faithful. And that should encourage your heart today. Amen? Praise the Lord. Number two, God's faithfulness is intergenerational. Say that with me. God's faithfulness is intergenerational. In other words, it goes from one generation to the next to the next. And in Psalm 119, verse 89 to 91, it says, your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Now, here comes faithfulness. Your faithfulness, say faithfulness. Your faithfulness continues throughout all generations. You established the earth and it endures. Your laws endure to this day for all things serve you. So the context of what we're reading here in Psalm 119 is that God is in charge. God rules and reigns. And here is what is important. Because God is in charge, because he is sovereign and rules over all, he has the power to extend his faithfulness to generation after generation. You know what? You can only be faithful to people that you see and know round about you. And if you're blessed to have grandchildren and you can see them, you can be faithful to them. But God is not limited by an earthly life. He is the sovereign God, the almighty God, and his faithfulness gets extended to the next generation and after and after and after to all subsequent generations. Maybe as you're listening to me today, you come from successive generations of believers. And if so, that's wonderful. Because not only have you experienced God's faithfulness, but your parents have seen God's faithfulness, your grandparents, maybe in your great-grandparents as well. And so in your life, there's this beautiful testimony, and you see it from generation to generation. And praise God for those generational blessings. Amen. But I also want to say, perhaps you're listening to me today, and you are the first person in your family line that has ever been convert converted and you know what the good news is? Now the blessing starts. Now the curses are broken and end, and now the blessing starts, and you can begin to be the person who will now pass on blessings through your life, and the blessings get passed on down through the generations, and God is watching over you. And so now the faithfulness starts in your life. And now you can continue, uh, that faithfulness can continue into subsequent generations. And it's wonderful. And realize that when you get converted as the first one in your family, God can turn your whole lineage around. Expect him to do that. Expect him to do that. And I believe, by the way, we should tell our children of God's faithfulness. We should declare his faithfulness. We should speak about his faithfulness. We should tell testimonies to our children of what God has done. I wanna ask parents that are listening to me today, have you told your children of some of the breakthroughs that God has given you in your life? These are powerful things. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and we need to tell our children, you know what, I went through this time in my life, 
and this is what I was facing. But God came through and he provided in this way. And I wanna tell you about that. And then later on when you got grandkids as well, you're telling them about that. And you say, you know what? Opa went through this. Grandpa went through this. And, and you tell of the faithfulness of God. It says in Deuteronomy 7 verse nine. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations. Get a load of that. A thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. And I found that that is fascinating that God has the power to extend his faithfulness and his goodness and his covenant to a thousand generations. And that just should show us how powerful God is. And so I wanna say that you are not the first person that is experiencing the faithfulness of God right down through history. There are so many biblical examples of this. Daniel saw God's faithfulness in the lion's den. God was faithful to Noah in saving him and his family. God was faithful to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. He was faithful to Jonah in the belly of the whale. God was faithful to the Israelites when they were in the wilderness. God was faithful to Esther as he was delivering the people and the Jewish people from being annihilated. God was faithful to David when Saul was out to kill David and God would not let that happen. God was faithful to Paul when he was shipwrecked and in so many instances in Paul's life. And so I wanna say to you that God has been faithful through all the generations, but the good news is he is faithful to you today. He still has the power to ensure that that faithfulness is extended to you today. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Say this after me. God is faithful, God is faithful. to all generations. Point number three, God's faithfulness will not allow us to be tested beyond what we can bear. You gotta hear this. God's faithfulness will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear or tested beyond what we can bear. So 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says the following, no temptation has overtaken you is except such as is common to man, but God is faithful. Let me just stop there for a moment and say, right here in the scripture, in the time of testing and tempting is the faithfulness of God. You might be facing a very difficult time right now and I wanna say in the midst of it, Look for the faithfulness of God. And in the midst of this, it says, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape. Thank you, Lord, for that, that you may be able to bear it. And this is a very important principle that Christians need to understand. Here is the principle. God, listen carefully, God will never allow something to come your way which is unbearable. In other words, something that will just destroy your life. God will not allow that. In his faithfulness, he will step in and he will provide a way of escape. He will also provide his grace in times like that. You might think that what you're going through right now is beyond what you can handle. 
unbearable. I want to tell you with the grace of God, it is something that you can be victorious through. And it's not unbearable. No, it cannot be because God loves you too much to ever allow that in your life. And I want to remind you that he is a good father. Don't believe lies about God's character. Believe who he really is. And you know what? There is a song that was written years ago. It's called, What a Faithful God Have I. Have any of you heard that song, What a Faithful God Have I? It's one that my dad used to love to sing. But that song was given to a man called Robert Critchley. And what many people don't understand is they had a young child. And this young child, not too long uh, into her little life, this child died prematurely. And I can only imagine that Robert Critchley and his wife, their souls must have been in anguish. But I believe that God's faithfulness was revealed to them right there and God began to help them and strengthen them and carry them. And so much so that in that time, Robert Critchley wrote this song, What a Faithful God, and it went clean around the world and touched the nations of the world because God, in even some of the most adverse situations, he will bring you through on top in your spirit. And you know what? By his grace, by his hand, by his faithfulness, you can even come out with a song, hallelujah. And so I speak faith into people's hearts right now. Faith in God's faithfulness. Even in times of testing, God will provide a way of escape and you can come out with a song. Point number four, the last point. Draw upon God's faithfulness right now. And in other words, God's faithfulness is for you right now. And it's almost as though you can make withdrawals from his faithfulness and you can re uh, receive it afresh, delight in it, and draw upon his faithfulness. Now, imagine grain silos. So sometimes you see these pictures and there's massive grain silos and trucks can go and park underneath and the grain silo opens and all the grain goes into those big trucks, 18-wheeler, 22-wheeler trucks, etc. And so what is quite interesting is I think it's, it's something like that. God's faithfulness, he wants you to draw upon his faithfulness so that you would be strengthened in your inner being. He wants you to be drawing upon it. That's why it's important that we declare God's faithfulness, that we believe it, that we quote scriptures around his faithfulness. And I wanna say that you are the intended recipient of God's faithfulness. He is wanting to demonstrate it to you, but he's also wanting you to come and say, God, would you demonstrate it? He's almost wanting to, to say, well, draw upon my faithfulness. And there's the scripture in Psalm 31, 19, which says, oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up, please say laid up, for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust you. And this term of laid up and prepared, I'd like to submit to you, it's almost as though God has stored up his goodness. He stored up his faithfulness to you, for you, and what he wants you to do is draw upon his faithfulness. You might be feeling a little bit concerned, and what you do is you draw upon the faithfulness of God, and you allow it to strengthen you, and he strengthens you in a beautiful and a mighty way. 
And so I wanna invite you, let's stand and make this declaration right now. It's a declaration declaring some of the things that we've said right now. Those that are listening to me on uh, radio, television, whatever, whatever platform, would you make this declaration aloud, even with your family in your, in your family room or TV room or whatever? Make this declaration aloud, declaring this in God. My God is faithful. He's never forsaken me. His faithfulness reaches to the clouds. It reaches to a thousand generations. His goodness is stored up for me. And I draw upon His faithfulness. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Wonderful. You may take your seats. We're gonna move into communion right now. And I trust that you have the bread and the cup ready. And uh, what a joy that on this, uh, our birthday as a church, we can partake in communion. And let me say this, if Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, then this table is for you. And I'd like to read the scripture. It says in Matthew 26, verse 26 to 28, I'm specifically reading from the Living Bible. As they were eating, Jesus took a small loaf of bread and blessed it and broke it apart. And he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat it. This is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks for it and gave it to them and said, each one drink from it. For this is my blood, sealing the new covenant. It is poured out to forgive the sins of multitudes. And let's lift up this bread or this wafer right now. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that what we hold in our hands, this piece of bread or wafer or biscuit or whatever it may be, we thank you that this represents the body of Jesus Christ the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. As we break this, we remind ourselves right now of what you went through in the lead up to the cross and after the cross. And we say, thank you, Jesus, for paying the penalty for our sins so that we can access everything that the Father has for us. The body of the Lord broken for you. And now, Father, we thank you for this cup. As we lift up the cup, we remind ourselves that this represents the blood of the Lamb. What can make me whole again? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And so we lift up this cup with gratitude in our hearts and we say, thank you, Jesus, for your blood. And thank you that because of your blood, we are cleansed. And you are faithful and just to cleanse us and forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so, Lord, as we partake of this cup, we just want it to be known that we take a hold of everything that you have for us in our covenant relationship with you, the blood of the Lord shed for you.
Hallelujah. And I believe that after communion, the right thing to do is to allow a few moments of gratitude in your heart as you're listening, as you're watching right now. Can I invite you in your own heart just to thank God for all that he has done. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for the gift of righteousness. And thank you that we rule and reign in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.